The Jeremy White Show. Our next guest is an absolutely awesome artist that I'm a big fan of. A brand new EP called Here and Now coming out on October 20th. You can pre-save it now wherever you get your music. Tour kicking off on October 13th in Prescott, Ontario. Great stops at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre in Toronto on October 28th. Montreal, Le Studio Day, November 4th. Visit the socials and asanabi.com for more. Get your tickets. Welcome to the show for the first time. The one, the only, and a cousin from another res, uh, Asanabi. How's it going, man? Yeah, how are you? Good, man. It's nice to be having a, like a, an indigenous artist on the show because it's not often I get to talk to to another skin. It's it's good because I'm a Mohawk from Gunawaga, the Mohawk Res just outside of Montreal, born and raised over here. And uh, it's cool to see, you know, indigenous artists kind of like get, like making it big on like the mainstream, which is awesome because you don't see it often. You know, I mean, you got Derek Miller, but he's Derek Miller and, you know, you, you got some guys, but it's, it's nice to be talking to a, like. I, I would say a mainstream indigenous artist, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird to say that too, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, talk a little bit about your, your upbringing. So OG Cree, Toronto, did, did you grow up on the res or like? Yeah, I was only on the res till, I was only on the res till uh, I was four because my, my res is like a flying remote community. Okay. Uh, so you can only get there by like, uh, there's like a little, there's Bearskin Airlines out of Thunder Bay, or there's like another airline out of Winnipeg that goes there. But uh, or you can go there by Ice Road in the winter. I guess that's how yeah. it, like all supplies up. Um, but yeah, I was only there till I was four. I, my grandfather came up for a visit, and uh, he's like, "Oh, where's Evan?" And I was just like, "Oh, I don't know." And I, I guess right. he just saw me, like went look for me, found me like walking down a dirt road, and he's like, "Yeah, I guess I'll someone's got." look after this kid so he like brought me back to the paw manitoba with him <laughs> and so I, I went with the paw manitoba and then um my mother moved out there and then me and her moved to, to winnipeg and then we kind of lived in a bunch of these small towns from, from winnipeg to just outside of thunder bay there um mm. we lived in like dryden for a bit lived in kenora like these little tiny little towns uh yeah yeah i'd say all my formative years were in 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 thunder bay because i lived in that that area and still uh probably from those eight until uh, I moved down here for college when I was uh, like 19. Nice. It's yeah. Okay. Wow. So you've been all over the place. God. Um, talking about that. I mean, how much of it, how much of an impact does that have on your music? I mean, having all that different life experience and being in so many different communities and different areas. I mean, like, does, does that come into play in the arts for you or? Yeah, definitely. It just gives me some some interesting perspective for sure. Because I mean, there's definitely these little bubbles when you come to these kind of metropolitan areas and like bigger cities, bigger cities in this country. There's definitely like, you know, there's just more, there's more culture, there's more background, there's more acceptance. When you kind of live in these smaller towns, there's less of that. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I think it gives me a wide range of perspective on how things can be in smaller communities, how things can be in bigger communities as far as you know acceptance as far as casual racism yeah no completely i mean well i was reading up and it said that you you know you didn't necessarily go by your like you know your actual last name to and your mom was trying to protect you from that which i thought was really interesting because it's like i don't know if that's like an ontario thing but like for me being a mohawk from gunawage like part of the Haudenosaunee confederacy i mean like we were always who we were and we were always told to be proud of that. Like if you were playing minor hockey against like the French team, whatever, you were called savage and you had shit thrown at you and like every insult possible. And but you know what? We were given the middle finger back and saying, you know, fuck you. Like we're the Mohawks from Gunawage. Like we were feared by the other teams, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's it's interesting to hear like that side that, you know, like was that like a like a protection thing? Like she was trying to like hide you from that or like what, what was that yeah. about? 
Well, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people like me too, a lot of reconnecting natives who who didn't quite have like maybe the backup of the community, you know, like it was uh there's a lot of people who kind of grew up, you know, my grandfather didn't go back to his res after after residential school because, you know, he met he met a, another he met his wife, my grandmother in residential school. They fell in love, but their mm-hmm. parents didn't want to be together, so they they ran Classic. away and, and grew away from grew up away from community and I think you know, that happened to a lot of indigenous folks across the country. So yeah, you know, there's a lot of people didn't kind of grew up and I don't want to say completely by themselves, but like, yeah, indigenous and in, in a mainly kind of non-indigenous communities where, yeah, it could, it was, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, ignorance or there's a lot of, uh, yeah, just, 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 <laughs> yeah, just I guess like general racism. Just, just general racism out there. And, and so, yeah, you know, my, my mother, uh, my mother, yeah, she changed my last name at, at birth because she thought it'd just be easier in life for me if people just, you know, yeah. If they didn't see the indigenous name on a, on a resume stuff. Yeah. I mean, look, for example, my, my actual real name is, is Sogowanahawe, which wasn't able to fit on a Quebec birth certificate. So they said, well, you need to put an English name that'll fit. So and now I'm Jeremy. You know, so it's like it's little things like that. But growing up, I mean, I was born and raised in the culture and the language on the reserve. I went to Mohawk immersion until I was in grade six. Like I got first exposed to actually, you know, reading and writing English and French when I got to high school, technically. And like my experience of going to high school, first time coming off the res and going to like I went to private school on the island of Montreal. And when the other kids found out that I was I was native, they're like, well, we don't see a horse and buggy pulling up here and dropping you off or like, like, do you guys still live in like teepees and stuff? And like there was just so uneducated on that side because you know what you see in movies and stuff so it was almost like re- having to educate other people yeah. but meanwhile i knew who i was <laughs> and and that just shows you how much they teach in school you know <laughs> they're like where's the horse and buggy like <laughs> yeah completely but that's what i mean it goes back to like you know everybody around like my reserve for example like everybody knows where gunawag is everybody knows where gunasadog is like from the the oka crisis of 1990 and like there's just so much I mean, I live with my two grandparents who are residential school survivors. I mean, my neighbor growing up down the street, she was one of my teachers, Gaga Yusta. She was, her and her sister was sent to one of the most infamous residential schools and her little sister, unfortunately, didn't make it out of there. And she tells us the stories all the time. And, you know, it's it's pretty remarkable, the stuff that's happened to our people. And for us to slowly be claiming that back a little bit, it's, it's kind of nice, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. And of course, you're, that's influenced your music a little bit as well. I mean, like, you know, with your grandfather, you know, doing couple, the interludes on that record and stuff. Uh, talk a little bit about that. I mean, what was the intention in telling those stories and putting that stuff on record? Yeah, you know what? Like, honestly, it was just like, for me, it was kind of just putting together like a, like a time capsule, putting together like a family photo album kind of thing, you know, like um because yeah like i said just struggling to reconnect and making sure like if you know if i decide to have a family down the road it would it was mostly like you know this is this is who we are this is our family this is where we come from um because yeah i was not expecting any of this to happen with the record like when i was when i started making the record like i i don't want to say like i'd given up well i guess i like i hadn't given up on music but i'd given up on like making it as a musician like i Mm. i I thought you know, I, I work my my I work my day job and and I just kind of make music because I love making music and it's like not something I I never I'm never gonna stop doing and so yeah you know I thought I'd be working on this record for 
like years you know like I, <laughs> but then like in step like amanda and shoshana and the ishkade records and they're just like oh I, I, like who are you how come we never heard of you what are you working on and because like i i applied to play the international indigenous music summit during the pandemic mm-hmm. and that's kind of how this whole career kind of unravel like came together really like i yeah i was working on this record and i saw like play the summit and amanda shoshona founded the summit but they also founded this new label and that's how that's how it came to be where like oh what are you working on i told them about I told them about my grandfather. I told them about these songs and this album I was putting together, and and they, yeah, they they told me they're starting this new record label and they wanted me to be their first signing. And nice. And that just goes to show, like, that's so much different the way indigenous independent labels will function versus like the you know the majority of labels where it's like them signing me off of like a like a performance video an application performance video and an, yeah. and an idea is is not is not normal because like i you know a record label will sign somebody when they they've they they have a million followers they have a 10 million streams and all yeah. this stuff right so they just they just listen to me sing a song and heard the the idea behind the, the record and they were just they're like this is a story they would be we want to share with our label. This is what our label is trying to do. And so, yeah, I mean, as far as what the intention behind the record was, it was mostly just to write down my grandfather's story because he was, his health was failing at the time. And it was kind of just this, this feeling of like, you know, and struggling to reconnect. And here's my, one of my last direct connections to so much family history disappearing before my eyes. And yeah, I got to record this. And, and so, yeah, it was, it was mostly for my, mostly for myself and my family. And then suddenly it, it turned into something much bigger and grander than I ever could have kind of hoped for. So like, it, it's wild. I didn't, I was nervous too. I was nervous when I started realizing more than like the, more than this friends group that would come up to my shows was going to hear this record, you know, like, yeah, it was, it's going to go, you know, a lot of people are probably going to hear this when you got a label behind you with the marketing and everything. And, and it's interesting you say that. Cause it's like, you know, the odds of like, you know, just like an indigenous artist getting picked up from social media, not like a label's not going to sign somebody that's not already well-established. So let alone like an, like an Indian kid, like making some songs <laughs> on Instagram, like what are the odds, you know? Well, that's the thing. And that's what I mean. That's what the difference between like the indigenous labels is like, no, this is a, this is an important story. We're going to share it versus like, you know, a lot of places that are just like, wait, you're not viral on TikTok. I want nothing to do with you. Well, that's hey. it. Yeah. I mean, and look, you know, I mean, I, I, I've, I've talked to so many people about this and it's like, I'm friends with so many indigenous artists, like just from my community alone. It's like, you know, some have expressed that, you know, with everything going on with like residential schools and 215 children, every child matters. It's like, you know, like some have expressed that it's, they feel like it could be, you know, like almost like cashing in on like our ancestors or like tragedy. Like, what do you say to that? My God. Um, because yeah. I, I mean like yeah, I, I feel like for me and like the people I surround myself with I find that to be very insulting but then yeah. but then it's not like that's not happening out there I suppose like there's definitely people just finding oh turns out I am indigenous like I don't know like well, there's, that's there's it thing going on and but like 
But do you find that there's like a lot of that like pretendian stuff, like you know, just kind of using that one ancestor to like benefit them a little bit more than they should? It's wild to me, and so like, it's like I'm not, I'm, I'm like I'm, I try to stay away from that conversation, but it's like if if people are out there and they do have a legitimate connection and they're actually trying, if they're actually doing the work, mm-hmm. well, there's something to be said about that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's the you know the. I think I think a lot of the time actions speak louder than words. So I think you know I'm always going to give people the benefit of the doubt, and it's it's gonna it's gonna be by what they do with their with with this if, if they're gonna hop on that platform in in that way, it's kind of what they're doing versus what they're saying that that like I I, I will pay attention to you in the background, but like yeah, usually yeah. you know that's at the end of the day, I'm I'm you know. Uh, I'm a musician and a storyteller, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to go to go to war and get in these negative situ, you know, these I agree arenas. And look, it's like you know, there's so many opportunities for indigenous lang- like indigenous artists out there, you know, from grants to like you know government subsidies and different things. And it's like I, I noticed online, there's been a lot of that, you know, like oh, I got you know, my great grandmother was uh, you know Micmac, and so then now they're trying to get a band number and then go apply for you know a hundred grand to make a record. And it's like, well, you have no connection to your language, your culture, your your reserve, like like anything, like. You know, there was a band that I was I was talking to, and you know, one of them is basically a city Indian, but like no connection. But you know, oh, my great grandfather was so and so. Then like the band was jumping on them, and they're like, "Well, we have <laughs> yeah. no rec- we have no history of of this guy. Yeah. He's he's not on like on our like anything." So I'm a, I'm a bit mixed about it because look, yeah. residential schools, for example, it 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 dies in the darkness if you don't talk about it. But then if you profit from it, well, then you're still going to have people saying, "Oh, well, look, he's capitalizing." So it's yeah. like I'm I'm not sure how I feel about it, you know? Because there there is there is a there's definitely things to answer to there too, you know? Like honestly, like because I went back, I I wrote that into my grant. Like I was like, yeah. I, I need to go back up to Sandy Lake First Nation. That's important to me. And yeah. so like I went up there, and there was there was definitely like a worry for me. Like I was like, I was like, you know, it's I have t- plenty of family there that like I still talk to, but like I'm like, how's the greater community? feel about me you know like because because native communities were like so territorial it's like oh this guy's just gonna come up here never lived here and now he's gonna you know try and get money from us like you know yeah and so like i went up there i went up there and it was it was yeah it was a really nice homecoming to be completely honest like there was that's awesome there was like a lot of people who were just like man it's like it's sweet to see our last name kind of in these these spaces and yeah and like a lot of people had stories about my grandfather and stuff like that. And, and it was, it was nice to go up there and like spend time with like my, my grandfather had a lot of brothers and sisters. Um, I never got to meet a lot of them, but his, his younger sister and his younger brother were, were still up there. And so I, I got like a moment to, to spend time with both of them, which was really nice. And it was kind of crazy seeing my grandfather's younger brother too. Cause he walked out of the house and he, he has like two different, color eyes because he lost an eye so he still has like he has like this orange eye and nice but aside from that (laughs) he's the uncle with the weird eye (laughs) aside from that he like walked out of the house and it was just like a shocking resemblance like it looked like my my grandfather like 15 years ago damn just to see him walk out of the house i was like oh man that's like seeing a ghost almost yeah yeah it was wild and um but yeah you know i think there's there's definitely certain certain responsibilities and certain bits of work that need to be done if you're going to if you're, you're going to do that and and 
I mean, but that's just my opinion too. Like, yeah, no, it's a, it's a tough subject and you know, not a lot of people want to talk about it, but it's like, you know, like I said, I, I'm in the music industry over here. Like I have so many friends that are trying to be, you know, artists and stuff like that. And we talk about that a lot. It's like, you know, there's so many guys you see like in the mainstream and you know, they're getting grants and this and that, but it's again, you ask them like, Oh, well, like, Tell me about your language or, or your culture. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, that was my great grandfather. I'm reconnecting. And I'm like, okay, no, no, no. Do, do some homework before you're going to yeah, do this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting, too, because, like, like, I even I felt felt so weird getting these, like, taking grants, right? Like, because, um, cause, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. Like, I, I grew up in, in, in such a different place and, like, yeah, but you're yeah, actually taking so. it to, you know, like actually tell the stories and, you know, bring awareness to the people yeah, and, and yeah, the yeah. culture and, you know, what happened. I mean, like, so that's to me exactly what you should be doing. I mean, you know, if yeah, you're just trying yeah. to get out of your community by being like some rapper rapping about your baby mama your, or your four baby mamas, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit different. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, you, you could feel how you want about it. I mean, you're never going to change people's mind regardless. There's always going to be jealousy in the community and it is what it is, you know? Yeah. You know, I've never, I never, fortunately, I never had that experience. Like everyone's been so nice. and Yeah. You know how natives are behind your, you know, to their, to your face. Like, oh, you're so good behind your back. Oh, fuck. You know, he sucks. That guy He's taking money. <laughs> no? it's, it's literally how it is. <laughs> so. Either way. And look, let's be honest here. You're only on today because of Bill C-11 and I have to meet my native quota. So, <laughs> And two minutes are half sweet. We're done. Yeah. But even that, you know what? Look at that, though. I mean, like the liberals are passing legislation that want to amplify indigenous voices. But at the same time, it's like I, I, as an indigenous artist, I wouldn't want my music just played because of who I am. Like, I almost find like that's racist. Like, shouldn't my music and my art do the talking for me? Like, shouldn't mm-hmm. I be able to prove myself through my art and not just because of my identity? yeah yeah well it's, it's hard to say too like it's 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 opened up that, that that's opened up a lot of spaces for indigenous people to actually get to because like yeah you have to think about a lot of these teams too who don't even who, who don't even have the resources to kind of get that marketing to get that pr to get that yeah so so it's it's yeah it's 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 a crutch for now but it's maybe it's one that's needed to, until to get some push out there and get them until, out there actually uh, yeah and so uh yeah because i mean yeah sure people can feel how they want about these grants and stuff but like honestly like it's just giving giving us the resources to be able to play at the same level as our non-indigenous counterparts and they then a lot of these non-indigenous have equal access to grants that are not (laughs) indigenous you know you see you see like you know you see all sorts of people getting these grants like you know grimes and lord grimes label i guess and you know daniel caesar and all these people who are doing quite well you know so it's it's i i'm not sure how that whole system works and i'm I'm just happy i get i get some grants because it's really helping right now (laughs) yeah and it's helping you put out the new music and go on tour and you know have a band and you know actually kind of touring especially like honestly touring is I, I would not have been able to make it had I not gotten grants. Cause like every, every time I go with the band, like flying a seven piece band across the country, man, that eats, that just guts the budget. And it's like, I don't know how people, a lot of people just go into debt. Like that's the, 
yeah it's you, you, you tour you're losing a bunch of money that's that's just become the reality and i know people like i i've, I've through this last 14 months of just touring so much and getting to getting to meet your idols and getting to play alongside people you look up to and you know just hearing stories from them being like yeah i think i think i might switch into something else because like it's you know touring and being a touring musician is just a shuffling debt <laughs> yeah i mean just airfare alone it's like if you got a seven-piece band plus manager plus tax plus you know this and that it's you're flying 20 people to a gig and you're spending you know six grand on a show that's probably going to pay you 2500 <laughs> you know it's, it's 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 wild but like you know we're making it work in the grand self but it's it's there's still it's still amazing that we can get to kind of do this as a like i, I wouldn't even call it a job but like yeah. to be able to to do like, you know, to touch the dream you know like it's 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 a wild privilege and yeah there's definitely this this year some of the touring routes like like i it's such heavy touring the last like 14 months like it's been wild like it was like over like i think it's we clocked it like 184 shows last year and this year is like jeez this year definitely doesn't touch that number but like still some of the routing was kind of crazy but um cross country kind of stuff it was it was some of it was like cross it was around the world it was kind of just the one week was like london ontario to cartagena spain to sarnia ontario to squamish and it was just like <laughs> another week was like uh where was it, it was like uh toronto to newfoundland to cape cod to denmark um that's and, insane but it's like like a lot of a lot of my friends who to, like did a lot of heavy touring were just like, oh that's an insane route but i never really did a lot of heavy touring so like, yeah so it's it was, still fun it was, it was new and exciting to me and like yeah. i don't know i it's i i'm I, I imagine i'll eventually get there where it's like ooh, that's so far but like it's it, yeah it's still so exciting to me to be able to kind of um you know go to different places and see new landscapes and meet different people and it's it's wild to me to just be able to go there and share these stories and share these songs too and and um even when i was in cartagena spain where like a lot of people didn't even like a lot of people didn't speak english in that town and and um but they just got it and there was something about like just you know emotion and and melody and things that can just kind of transfer over and it was wild finishing that that uh set and then getting off and then just there's like this massive lineup of people and they just kept going by and they didn't know much english but a lot of them were just like congrats congrats and <laughs> and taking which has got to feel really good right i mean an international audience just receiving you like that i mean that says a lot yeah yeah and like and it's got to be reassuring too yeah yeah no it was it was wild it was like it was yeah definitely experiences that I, I will I will be fond of fond of for the rest of my life and yeah like it's still a lot of slugging it out like we're in like a lot of uh yeah a lot of adventuring too like like even to get to Cartagena in Spain it was like yeah a flight and then like a train and then a bus and then like kind of uh navigating this these areas and like it was funny too because I was I went there by myself um and like I just had to figure out how to get to all these places and i remember like sitting down uh i went to the market on my second day and like because it was like a this big festival in cartagena and uh, there's like a bunch of stages all throughout the city and there's like big massive stages and then, like, oh yeah 
cool stages and like isn't there one like in the center of the town but i i think like kiss played there or something like yeah yeah it's there's one in the center of the town and so i went to go like watch this thing at lunch and and i sat down and i i knew the server was just you know i, I would just have to like point the menu like a like yeah. toddler and be like that i'll, t- I'll take number b yeah and uh <laughs> so i just looked around and i remember seeing like someone was drinking a Guinness and I, so I sat down and I was like, ah, oh, I'll just get a, a Guinness. Cause I knew that was there. And the guy who was drinking a Guinness, like got up, walked over like five tables and sat with me. And he was just like, you speak English. And I was like, uh, yeah. He's like, oh man, thank God. He's, he's just like, he's like, I've been here for a couple of days. And like, I didn't know. And I was like, I was like, he's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm here for a music festival. I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, I made a mistake. He's just like, he's just like, he's like, he's from Australia. And I guess he was traveling for six months and he's just oh, been God. like pointing on maps. And that's where he's been going. Jeez. And so he, he went there and he's just like, yeah, yeah. And he's just like, I, I came here. I'm like, no one, you're the first person I've been able to kind of have a conversation with. And it's kind of nice. And I ended up getting him like a backstage pass and he became like my unofficial photographer for that little thing and like nice you know, ended up having a pretty chill time and checked out the city and stuff like that um, yeah but you never know what can have when you're when you're out there and like you know actually living life and exploring new places like well that, that's that's the thing you never you never know who's going to be there and 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 you know i like for example like it was like i have a small team right i have a pretty small team and we do a lot with the team that we have and um i remember when we we played the Juno's broadcasts and like the whole team was just like honed in on that, making sure everything was running. And the next day we had to go to like South by Southwest in Texas. And and I remember, you know, going all the way to Texas the day after the broadcast. And then uh, we ended up playing, playing on some patio on this tiny little bar in, mm. in, in Austin, Texas. And have you been to South by Southwest before? I've never gone. I'd love it, to go. It, it is, it is wild. Like it's massive. It's crazy busy. I, I think it's gotten like too, too big, mm. you know, like, it's like there's just, just like, too much going on. You can't take too it much all going in. On, so it's like, I feel like with those music conferences, what you want to do is you want to be playing for the music industry and like kind of build these networks and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like we went, we went all the way over there and then set up on this patio and, uh, I sp- we were- and to to set up like the juxtaposition like we, we the broadcast there was like 15,000 people in that arena and then we, we go to Texas and then we're playing like 15 people on this patio and uh, on on one side of the wooden fence is like this 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 like this house music DJ dance party and on the other side is like this really hype hip hop show Jeez. and I I didn't come with my band cuz like you know, it's really expensive to go to the States and play there in the first yeah. place. Like I, I went there and I set up and I just have my acoustic and I'm trying to like fight for sound to, to be able to perform for these 15 people. And, oh. um, and then I finished playing and it's like torrential downpour and there's a tornado warning. So everyone's like, has to, everyone's put into the, wherever venues there sounds are. sounds like a nightmare. Like, oh, geez. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is why I want to say like nothing. You never know who's going to be there. It's like, so like Dan Mangan was there. And like, so like me and him are like shoulder to shoulder, like stuck in his bar chatting for, for however long. And, nice. And he, now, now I'm going on tour with him. Now I'm going, I'm going to be on tour with him in, in the fall. And it's crazy because like flash forward a month and I was in Vancouver at this writing camp and I was supposed to work with this, this, this guy from Sweden, Ollie Meyer. And, uh, 
But because he had to go through the States to get to Vancouver first, he had to get a visa and then ended up pushing him back a day. Oh, so we never got to work together the first day. Damn. And we were there for like five days. And so every day I'm working with a different producer and then like Ollie at the end of every session, every day, he's like, how are you feeling? Do you want to work? Do you want to try writing a song? And I was like, you know, after like eight to 10 hours of, of trying to finish a song, like the creativity isn't always there. So like, yeah. I was like, oh, I think I'm just going to go back to the hotel and go to sleep. It's like, all right, all right. And this happened every day. And until so like, uh, you know, we finish and we all go home and then he messages me like sometime later and he's like, Hey, how's it going? And I'm like, Oh, all right. And he's like, man, you know, just wanted to say like, I, I'm bummed out. I didn't get to work with you. Like, you know, I flew all the way from Sweden to Vancouver, BC to, to work with you particularly because my publisher saw you play on a patio in Austin, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, come on. Like, oh, that's and great. I, just, I, felt, I remember feeling so bad being like, man had you told me that at the start like i would have had a coffee i if i know yeah. you like hop on a plane for like 10 hours or whatever it is like um so have you did you get to write with him eventually like, do so that's the thing i was like i felt bad and i looked at my schedule and i was i was playing a festival in denmark and then like where he was in sweden wasn't very far away from yeah, it's like right festival. there so I, was, I ended up going going to sweden after the festival and i, I worked with him for a week so nice yeah, I need to get over to Sweden. I'm I'm working on a record of my own right now, and I, my my main collaborators in Sweden, and then our engineers in Switzerland. So it's like we got a weird triangle going. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I still haven't gone over there. It's all Zoom. Like you know. Yeah, they're really tall over there. That's what that's the thing. It was yeah. We we worked with this guy Mattis too, and and that guy, his his head like went over the doors. So like he would like mm. bend to get in rooms, and like he'd like look over. <laughs> Like he's just standing up, his head was over the door, and he's like, "Hey." Um, How yeah, different so is it working with guys like that versus you know, like Canadians? It was interesting working with because uh, I think like a lot of when I went to work with Ollie, he brought in Mattis and yeah, this other guy who's like another producer at the studio, and they they work a lot on um, a lot of pop music. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting because like the first half was like really a lot of really experimental. Mm. and uh yeah so those ones are going to the vault but like, <laughs> <laughs> well, like are they chasing you know like verse chorus verse chorus like bridge chorus like yeah, an out like, like the, the, i think this 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 the swedes are pretty pretty well known for their you know their yeah they want to make a commercial having the, having the formula yeah and um so yeah no it was good it was interesting and i, I think like we I think when me and Ollie just got to sit down and, and take our time, we, we found something. And, and so, yeah, no, it's, it's different every time you work with anybody. Like I'm, I'm new to doing collaborations like that. Mm -hmm. um, like I always used to be such an Island when it came to writing music. Like it was always like, uh, just, just me writing a song and, and then we will, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think I was just nervous to be honest, N nervous of being kind of that, uh vulnerable because songwriting for me was always kind of almost kind of like therapy right so kind right. of to, to collaborate before to me it was always kind of like all right time to let someone to the depth of my soul mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean and yeah. um, which is hard for a lot of people because i mean like first of all just to be that vulnerable and write about something that's incredibly personal and then let somebody else come in and kind of like 
cut and paste your emotions it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah it's interesting for sure and but now that i've done it a number of times like it's it's uh yeah you know there's you come away from it with a lot of growth a lot of the time like it's like everyone has their different writing styles their different techniques and their different uh ways of, of approaching music and approaching a song and um yeah some people get it and some people don't like it's like not they don't get it but like some there's just certain chemistry that happens like i you know i've worked with people who are considered the top and then like the chemistry isn't there and yeah you know, we will finish an all right song and then you'll work with and someone up up and coming producer and then suddenly there's just this chemistry and you know magic happens you know there's no there's no right way or wrong way to write a song there's just good chemistry and and that, that's what i've learned from collabs how does a song start for you is it like a lyrical idea or is it a melody some chords like i've tried i've tried all the ways like mm -hmm. i've done enough like co-writes this year that like i've, I've come there with something i come there with nothing i come there with an idea. i've gone there awake i've gone there so exhausted um you know like mm -hmm. i think i think what what works best for me is yeah is honestly like coming there with a rough draft of something and then we kind of analyze it and yeah take it apart and maybe give certain parts of the song more clarity maybe give this that a bit more depth or maybe real you know it's yeah i like going there with uh, a rough draft of something now i think um mm. that's and that i mean that just works for me though like everybody's different so yeah completely yeah, and you can't really plan it i mean like if you i mean some of the best songs of all time have been written in 15 minutes by sheer accident and then yeah you yeah. know it, and then you have a song that you know takes like eight hours and it's like you know a, a d-side cut you know yeah, a deep cut yeah. <laughs> literally and, and that's the thing too is like i remember like even my uh yeah i remember uh because you can get so precious about putting out music and all the stuff too right and it's like yeah at the end of the day we're making music you know we're yeah. we're, we're it's, it's it's art and it's and i remember being at winnipeg folk festival and i saw my old buddy uh misha dobeck goes by like mad dog jones he's a dj he's the dj for like coleman hell oh cool um and uh now he's now he's like big in the nft world does all that stuff it was good seeing him because I, I hadn't seen him since i like kind of left thunder bay because that's i think he's still living up in thunder bay and jeez um yeah his advice he was just like hey man i'm glad to see you he's like just put out music and i was like what he's like he's like just keep putting out music man he's like people aren't gonna remember the bad songs <laughs> like just true honest, honestly don't don't get too hung up just put out music man let's let's you love making music there's um because yeah i don't know it's a good way to put it though nobody's gonna remember the bad music i mean you know <laughs> and it's, it's bad for a reason it's unsuccessful <laughs> <laughs> and it's all objective anyways it's all like you know someone someone's gonna love a song someone's not gonna oh, love it like, dude honestly. if there's one thing i've learned being in this industry there's a fan of everything out there <laughs> you know somebody will be a fan of something no matter what yeah yeah so maybe maybe one day there's uh was uh those will be the Japanese bonus cuts on the uh, extra CD twenty years from now, and the deluxe box set. You know. Yeah, yeah, that four on the floor EDM song I made in Sweden will come out. Yeah, exactly. That's what we want. I'm waiting for it. I need to hear this. Oh. <laughs> it's funny you said the uh, the bit about you know don't be so precious. It's like it was Brian Adams that actually told me about that. We were talking about songwriting, and uh, he said you know one of the things he learned over the years was don't be so precious about your ideas because everything could always be better. 
And even if you don't think it could be, somebody will come in like Mott Lang and say, no, we'll just delete this and we'll just replace that. Well, that's exactly it, right? Like it's, it's, uh, and I think like maybe, maybe now that I've put out that, that record, cause that record, I was, I was definitely pretty precious about it, but I feel like it was like kind of this, this weight that was kind of lifted at that point. Like, you know, that, that was, and, and, but yeah, you know, I think there's, there's something to be said about just making, making music and, and making art and, and just kind of showing the growth too. Cause yeah, yeah, you can sit there, you can sit there and critique your song for eternity. And I've seen people do that. Like, and it's just like, Oh um, yeah. The devil whitest can be real for a lot of people. And I, I just, oof, I don't know how, how, like, I feel like, I don't know how I feel if I got stuck in that loop, to be honest. Like I just, I feel like I know there's people who like make a record and then, you know, maybe not be able to put it out for like four years or three years. And I'm just like, I feel like if I make a record and then yeah. sit on for that long, I'm a completely different person. You're going to spiral. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I need to get this out. Cause yeah, I'm already got something else going. Like this is, this is old me. Yeah. Yeah. As an indigenous artist, do you get any pressure to like, you know, like put like Eagle screeches and like, you know, powwow drums in your songs, like traditional aspects, or are you allowed to just have the sound you want? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think eventually I'd like to incorporate some, some of that stuff, but I feel like I, like I said, like I need to do the work again too. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've never actually felt the the pressure to do that. Um, but I think I can see, I can see where some people might feel the pressure to do that. Like, honestly, even with, even with the, the EP, I, I, I really, I'm really seeing like here and now, like it's, it's a bit of, it's a departure from, you know, the concept album I put, just put out, which was kind of really heavy in context and was, you know, a real, real yeah, yeah, especially at the height of all the residential school stuff that was coming out, like you know, that was that yeah. was a real timestamp of what was happening at the time. And yeah, and and so to kind of you know, kind of you know, it, it, for just the sake of saving words, like to put out a breakup EP, kind of seemed like as far as the, the scales of of you know context, I, I was I, I was wondering if I if I if I put that out, um, but. You know, at the end of the day, like it's, yeah, that was the most personal story I suppose I could share at the time. Uh, right now, like, I, honestly, I've been on the road for like fourteen months. You know, yeah. And so I, I'd be in studio and and yeah, I I just wrote like dozens of these these stories of of and songs of you know I I was I was with somebody when I signed this record deal and I remember just like looking at this deal and looking at her and just being like, man, like everything's gonna change once i signed this and she was just like oh but like you've been wanting to do this your whole life like, you've got to sign this thing and yeah i signed the deal and then suddenly i was just gone forever you know and like yeah you know that next thing you know she's you find out she's she's with your cousin at the, at the moose, <laughs> like, you know? damn you dennis no uh <laughs> no it, it was like yeah it's just like things changed and like it was just like i was never there and it just wasn't wasn't what the, she signed up for when you know we originally got together and it was just yeah yeah so it's that's the hard thing about having a career and a relationship it's like if you want to be fully invested and be successful you have to give it your all and it's like mm -hmm. if you if you can't offer your career that it's you have to pick one or the other because at the end of the day one of those people is going to resent you and it's either yourself for not following your dream or the girlfriend for not giving her the attention that she deserved yeah. and honestly like i 
and it's cool too because like my friends have been so understanding as well because like i don't know I, I just managed to like find surround myself with people who just get it too like you know sometimes i won't see a friend for like eight months but then we just pick it up from where we last you know yeah. nothing, nothing's really changed dude i have definitely. a friend that i literally just like send snaps to every day and like we don't have full conversation but then like i saw him for the first time and like maybe like a year and a half like a couple of weekends ago and it was like nothing ever happened like we're not strangers <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and so there's people who get that and but yeah it is it is like such a yeah yeah this industry it's like it's it's like all or nothing like it's you you truly are yeah like immersed in it and um and it's also easy to get lost so be careful with the booze and blow <laughs> oh man i'm just trying to find the time to sleep that's, that's what, that's what <laughs> not <I'm>, stay up <laughs> <laughs> yeah like oh man yeah it's crazy man. that's why that's why like i think touring with with dan manga will be quite nice because like i feel like it's gonna be a nice wholesome tour like i don't feel like i don't feel like dan Mangan's just gonna like we're gonna finish the night is he like now drink this bottle of tequila with me <laughs> <laughs> like, like i think he's yeah like you know it's like you a, never know it's usually the quiet ones <laughs> yeah <laughs> dan Mangan, no <laughs> no and he's like such a he's such a pleasant human and, and um it's really nice too because uh I'm, I'm opening for him solo and he's uh he's just letting me stay on his tour bus too which is really sweet nice. um because like I haven't, I haven't done many support tours like this and i'm i'm kind of really excited too and but i thought i thought i was gonna have to like rent a car and be like driving all night long behind this bus while everyone's sleeping and, and yeah you know rolling out and sleeping in the car or something so like getting to stay on the bus is such a will be nice and i feel like i'll yeah be able to sleep throughout the night we'll chill yeah. in the towns we're at like like I might actually use this good life membership I've been just paying for and not using forever. Yeah, man. Get on that treadmill. <laughs> it's great for the voice. <laughs> Cardio, man. Like, oh yeah. It'll bring your voice up this so like crazy. Well, I think it'll be nice just to get out of the bus too. Like I'm I'm trying to I'm like really mindful that we're gonna be in close quarters for three and a half weeks. So I'm like, you know. You're like man like where am i gonna shit like how am i gonna beat off like you know there's <laughs> <laughs> no, no i was asking about the bus etiquette and like everyone's just like yep yeah, no no pooping on the bus that's not a thing He's, yeah wait till the, i was like okay that's fair yeah yeah yeah, yeah i you, think the you, only you... thing i'm actually worried about is like when i get in a deep sleep like i i can snore sometimes so i'm just worried about <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure i have buds that are in tour buses all year round and like at a, at a certain point between the bus rattling and and screaming in the middle of the night down a highway and the guys snoring, you don't hear anything <laughs> okay amazing <laughs> just put your in-ears in tell them about just get them all your plugs <laughs> you know? oh well uh look here and now it's coming out on october 20th uh make sure you go pre-order it wherever you get your music and go, go catch them on the road it's there's so many great dates all the way through to the fall time into the holidays and uh, it's gonna be good stuff it's gonna be a great rest of the year for it's an obvious so get out there and go check them out man this was a pleasure to talk to you we'll have to do this again man yeah definitely man it's been awesome yeah and I'm, I'm yeah it's crazy to think that yeah doing this tour and then i got a couple more shows and then actually have some time in the winter so i'm, I'm really looking forward to just uh you know i have access to a couple great spaces now in this city i'm living in so i'm excited to get back into stillness and just write the next record so yeah that's what you got to do, man. Just keep putting out music, shitty or not. Just get it out there. <laughs> Did you ever see that uh, the the thing with the? Uh, 
can't remember his name. The, the guy from Gorillas, where he plays like the piano sample that he used for, uh, for, for I saw that a while kid. back. Yeah, he's just like, he just straight up the whole is this the whole song just straight up is like the stock sample. Like it's so funny. And meanwhile, people are in the studio like dialing and like, oh, people are gonna think that sounds like you know, yeah, so much. He's just like, no, this is the sound. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorites is uh, Kesha TikTok the the intro to TikTok that uh, that keep I think Ben I I think uh, uh, producer he, it was like a little Casio like toy keyboard that they got at like Target or something and that was the sound that they used so you never know oh. we're gonna get inspiration from that's incredible <laughs> yeah Benny Blanco th those guys are nuts <laughs> well it's funny now because yeah like I like I, I remember working at like uh, the Kilometer Music Group place in, in toronto and there's they, they have like a bunch of like um a, a bunch of these like up and coming and you know, young producers and like really kind of producers are doing like crazy things and yeah it would be interesting just being in the studio and then they're like all right uh you know like grab like this hundred dollar guitar and then you play it through this like eight thousand dollar mic and then they'll play it through the speakers and like record it with their iphone and then send that back to the thing and it's like yeah <laughs> yeah exactly i'll just get a, a funky original sound like yeah well, why yeah. not it's supposed to be fun right yeah 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 no exactly like little, little sound scientists yeah yeah i like stuff like that a good experimental have fun with it at the end of the day it's it's the music biz but i mean you gotta have fun it's your job mm -hmm. no exactly yeah. exactly all right, man. Well, best of luck. It was great to chat with you. Let's keep in touch. I followed you on Instagram. So when I put up a reel or something, I'll, I'll tag you for sure. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, love that, man. All right. Thanks a lot. Cheers. We'll talk soon. An all new episode of The Jeremy White Show. Available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews and episodes on demand now. Subscribe so you don't miss any of it.